Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. This morning I want to talk about two women in the Bible. Men, don't disengage. Most of the time we get to hear about all the guys in the Bible, and we ladies don't disengage. So we all can learn something, amen, from these two women in the Bible. And I just want to compare and and contrast their responses and their options. And I'm going to talk um, this morning about that, about the choices that we have in our lives to make and what choice do we choose. And so um, let's pray really quick. Father, I thank you so much for your word, for every single person in this room. I thank you um, just for your goodness, your grace, for your mercy. I thank you that even if I don't say the right thing, um, your people love me and they will forgive me. And they love your word more than anything. And so I pray that our hearts would be open to hear what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, how many love Christmas the mostest of everything? I, I love Christmas the most. It is my most, most favorite, favorite, favorite everything all the time. Um, and I don't know why it has always been my most favorite time of the year. Maybe it's, I like it more than my birthday. I just, I really do. I just love, I love Christmas. Um, how many other moms do this? I shop, 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 shop. And then my husband's like, can you, like, start wrapping presents? And I'm like, no, you don't understand how it works. I have to figure out everything I have, lay it all out, and look at it, and see if I'm missing, right? Because if one kid gets more than another kid, they're old enough to understand, like, hey, I know how much that cost and how much mine did. And so they're, like, measuring their presents. So I, as a good mom is, like, I am, like, making everything like super fair. So that's what I have to do. Um, And right now, my husband's office is full of boxes. And I don't even open them yet. I just shop, and then they get delivered. I don't know how that happens. It's so weird. It's so weird. Zach's like, do you realize how often Amazon boxes come to this house? I'm like, I don't know how it happens like that. Like, who does it? I'm not doing it. It's just magically appearing on my doorstep. That's how much, like, me and Santa and the elves, we're just so good at it. Last night, he's like, honey, it's, you, you just, it's enough. Enough's enough. So I was like, how many presents is enough for my kids per person? The older they get, the more expensive they are, too. I always tell them, Layla, she's my baby. She's nine. I'm like, she gets more presents because they're cheaper, not because she's my favorite. But she's kind of, she's kind of my All right, let's read the word of the Lord. Jesus, help me. Okay, Genesis 3. Has l- none of that has anything to do with anything I'm talking about this morning, but it's okay. All right, Genesis 3. Did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? Now, this is the ser- serpent approaching Eve. You know, sometimes I think Eve gets a bad rap, right? I don't know about you. Like, we blame her for all of our troubles for the rest of humanity. It's all on Eve. It's not fair. 
that's not fair. I feel like she just had some options and she figured out what was best for her. But we'll keep talking. Okay, so the, uh, the serpent comes to her and says, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some. So what's wrong with that? You know, sometimes if there's milk in my fridge and it's expired like three or four days ago, and I taste it, and it tastes fine. I feed it to my kids. It's fine. <laughs> Nobody died from expired milk. I do have one child. She's sitting on the front row. And if it expires the day it expires, she throws it out. I'm like, honey, there are some things that last beyond the expiration date. Best buy. It's still fine. She's like, no, it's, you have to throw it away. She's obsessed with expiration dates. Sometimes they feel like Eve got a bad rap. She was just like, it was fine. It's just a tree. It's fine. The fruit's fine. It's all good. I kid, but let's keep reading. So um, after she ate it, she gave it to her husband, and then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, and so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden, and they hid from him. And among the trees, and the Lord said, where are you? And he said, I, and then Adam answered and said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 13, because this is what the Lord says. Why, what is this you have done? And she's like, the serpent deceived me, so I ate. And then the Lord said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust of your days. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And we're going to pause that one and save that for a little bit later. But I first want to talk about some of the lies that Eve chose to believe. See, I feel like we're faced every day with a choice to believe lies that are thrown at us. How many know that the enemy has been defeated and his only vice towards us is lies? And we can choose to believe them or we can choose to not believe them. And there, so she, when I say, when I kid about Eve, I, I'm kidding, just so all of you guys understand that. I understand what she did was a big deal, but understand that the biggest mistake she made was believing the lie the enemy brought to her. And there are two main lies that I see that she believed that caused her to make the decisions that she made. And one was she believed that God was withholding something from her. See, she believed that, that what God was saying was the enemy, well, the, the serpent said, well, if you eat the tree, you're going to be like him. You're going to know, you know, you're going to know all these things. And Eve's like, well, if, if God knew that I was going to know, why wouldn't he let me eat it? What is God withholding from me? So the first lie I think that we believe in our life is that God is somehow withholding from us. Fill in the blank. Withholding what? Promises. Withholding his presence. Withholding his goodness. What is... What are the things in your life that you feel like you're lacking because you might think that it's God withholding from you? The second lie I see is she questioned that God's words were true. She's like, 
I didn't, she didn't know if she really believed what God said was right. Now, I want to contrast her life with this other woman's life in the Bible, and it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I feel like in this example of Mary, the mother of Jesus, we all have options. We're all faced with a decision in our life. We're all faced with options and choices, and we either get to choose one way or we choose another way. And this is, this, this is the situation with Mary. I'm going to start in um, verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. And it said, God appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I don't think she was any more favored than Eve. I don't think that she had any more favor or grace or any of the things that we feel like we need to make the right decisions. She didn't have any more than Eve did. She just did something different. And she was confused and disturbed, and she tried to think of what the angel could mean. And, and the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. And now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. And her response, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. Now, I think that Mary was faced with the same sort of difficult situation that Eve was faced with. Eve was faced with the difficult decision to reject the enemy's lies, and Mary was faced with the difficult decision to believe God's truth. And I think that in our own life, we are faced with similar situations. We are faced every day with a situation, do I believe what the enemy says it's a lie, or do I believe what I know that God says is true? And so there's a couple truths that I think that we need to believe this morning, that we need to really make sure that we're holding on to, that it becomes not just something that we do in our mind, but something that we believe inside of us. And the first one is that his plans are good. You know, we say these things all the time, and I think we say things like we, in scripture, you know, uh, my husband has preached on this so many times, like God is in control is actually, we say it all the time, but it's actually not in scripture. That exact phrase is not in the Bible. But we say it because we have these Christian things that we say that we, they become beliefs that are never really in God's word. Okay, so one of them is obedience is better than sacrifice. Now that is a scripture, but I believe that we don't understand fully what that means sometimes. Because in our mind, when we say obedience is better than sacrifice, it's somebody telling us it's better for you to obey God than to sacrifice all the things that you think you want. Right? It's better for you to obey God than to sacrifice all the things that he's going to take from you when you don't believe him. But that's not actually what the scripture is saying. And so if we go to what the scripture is saying, it's in 1 Samuel 15, 22, and we can read it in context. 
I think I started in verse 20, but I don't remember. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. See, you know, what the, what the scripture is saying, and if we take it through a new covenant context, what the scripture is saying is God does not want your sacrifice. God does not want your religious duties and obligations. God wants your heart. See, there's an obedience that um, results because of our abandonment to who he is and his desire for our life. There's an obedience that results in union with him. There's an obedience that comes out of our life because we're one with the Lord. There's an obedience that we walk in, not because I have religious duties and obligations, but I walk in this obedience because I'm in love with God. I'm in love with Jesus. So sometimes what we've done is we've exalted our sacrifices above relationship and the reminder obedience is better than sacrifice is what Jesus is saying to you he's like every sacrifice you ever needed I already gave you stop adding to the sacrifice and just be obedient to the one oh the word me Jesus so many times we try to add to, um, we add our religious duties and our religious works to the accomplishment of Jesus. Last time I checked, none of us can add to the cross. But if you want to, keep patting your back, keep, keep patting yourself on the back because, you know, you're doing your religious things. It's not about that. See, Mary's yes was powerful because she just said, I, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm going to say yes to what you have for me, God. Amen. And that's the obedience that's better than sacrifice in this situation. The second thing that I believe we need to believe of Jesus is that every promise is true. You know, you look through scripture and there's so many promises in scripture. And then there's so many things that we see in the world world and they don't align up with what scripture says. And it's easy to get disheartened. Anybody else like me? Sometimes I'm such a, like a realist. I, I try not to call myself pessimistic because I don't think that's a very good Thing to call yourself because it's kind of negative but I'm such a realist if I don't see things tangibly sometimes it takes me longer to believe them but I don't know how many times have you guys done this like I, I'm not purposely testing God but I'll be like I really 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 need you to come through Lord I really need you to come through and it'll be like the last second <laughs> like the very last second and God's like okay here you go but I'm, I'm such a realist that sometimes my perspective gets tainted because I'm looking at the natural and I'm looking at the temporal and I'm not having eyes like God's called me, like eyes like heaven to see the eternal. And I think that Mary was able to see the eternal. As a young girl faced with a difficult decision, she chose to see eternal things over temporal. 
as a young girl facing what the, the ridicule, um, the, all of the things that she was probably going to face in that day. I mean, it's hard if a 15-year-old girl got pregnant now. I can't imagine what that was like for a, a young girl back then. Unwed, young, pregnant. And she saw the situation, and she chose to have heaven's perspective. So another scripture I feel like we just say when we don't understand the context sometimes is all God's promises are yes and amen. And we sing. There's a song, yes and amen. And I love the song, and I feel like we do a good job singing like it's a good promise, right? But if you read the whole context, I want to read it because I feel like there's more that sometimes we miss. So 1 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20, it says, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the one whom Timothy, Silas, and I have preached to you. And he has never been both a yes and a no. I don't know about you, but I don't live up to that. Like, because it's not always... Is my yes a yes and my no a no? Sometimes I'm not the best with fulfilling promises. Am I the only person here? Am I the only one that has let somebody down before? <laughs> you know, like I feel sometimes, there's so many times I feel like I think the pressure of a mom is so hard sometimes because it's like my kids, you know, you get an email from school. Lord Jesus, help me bless my kids. I love them so much. But you ever get an email from school and you want to hurt your child, but at the same time, you want to go talk to that teacher. And when I say talk, I don't mean use my words. <laughs> Am I the only mom? <laughs> you, want to, you want to see another side of Rochelle? You mess with my kids. No. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't feel like, there's so many times I don't feel like I, am, I fulfill the weight of the responsibility of being a mama or a wife, or whatever it is that you're doing in your life, a dad, a provider, um, whatever it is that you carry. There are so many times where we don't feel like we carry the weight right, right? But what, what Paul is saying here is that him and Silas and Timothy, when they talk about Jesus, they talk about the one whose yes is yes. He's not a wishy-washy person. And the Bible says he has always been and will always be a resounding yes for us. And all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. See, all God's promises are yes and amen, but all of God's promises are fulfilled in him. And as his yes and our amen to that ascend to God, we bring him glory. See, the promise that I believe we need to believe is that he is faithful and he is true. And I might not be faithful and I might not be true in all seasons and all circumstances, but I serve one who is. 
I serve a God who is faithful and true. And if I choose to see with heaven's perspective and eternal eyes, I will see God working all things for his glory in and through my life. And it's not just these Christian things that I believe and I say with my mouth and not really take heart inside of me, but these are things where as I have a divine relationship with the Lord, I see his faithfulness not just in my life and not just in my mom's life and not just in in their mom's life and all the generations, but I see his faithfulness in every single thing that I do, him working for my good. Because he's not double-minded. You know, the Bible talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He rages against wise counsel. There's that scripture. See, God's not double-minded. He is the rock. He is the tree. He is the one that is steady. He does not move. We can find him faithful. Um, Before I close, I want to read Mary's thing, but I want to just tell you a couple little stories really quick. Um, throughout my life, God has spoken to me in very, very, very different ways. Most of the time, because I'm a little tiny bit hard-headed and, um, yeah, and not always holy, he likes to talk to me in ways that are hard. (laughs) I feel like they might be hard, but they're not. They're good because he's gracious. So, um, I remember I was like 11 years old and, um, I was at a Carmen concert. Who remembers Carmen? Yeah, I've been around the church a really long time. A long time. It's been a long time. Um, so I was at a Carmen concert when I was 11. I, I grew up in Las Vegas, born and raised in Vegas. Only three Christians have ever packed out the stadium in Las Vegas. Benny Hinn, Billy Graham, and Carmen. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I mean, I don't know other places. Like, Hillsong will come. It's like an eighth of the stadium. But Carmen fills it. It's funny. Um, Bless him. He's in heaven. He was a very awesome addition to the creative community in our Christian circles. So I remember being at a concert. I was like 11 years old. And this lady comes up to me and she's like, the Lord has a word for you. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, I'm 11. How bad can you be at 11? I was not bad. I was good. Now, I had, I had some tough things happen in my life, and I don't need to talk about it here. God gets the glory because I'm standing here whole and sane and saved. Still married and with five beautiful kids. Like, God is faithful. Uh, I didn't murder anybody on the way. So this lady comes up to me. I'm like 11 years old, and she's like, just you're at a crossroads and you need to choose Jesus or you're going to choose the world and it's going to take you out. And I was like, okay, oh, I, I choose Jesus. <laughs> Fast forward a few years and I'm married and my husband was doing worship at a Christian camp. And so I was along the ride. So I was a camp counselor. I've always like looked like a little girl Even when I was older, I looked like a little girl. I think that's why I went gray fast, so people would take me seriously. I think the only thing good about being in my 40s is that maybe more people will take me seriously. I'm kidding. You guys can laugh. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So I was like maybe 20, 21. 
but I look like a baby. And so my husband, they take all the leaders into this room, and we're all getting prophetic words, and everybody's getting like this awesome, awesome prophetic word. And so Zach gets this like really powerful prophetic word because he's amazing. And then the minister gets to me, and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you need to, yeah, step it up because uh, you can't have your husband keep looking back and trying to get you to where he is. And I was like, okay, all right, Jesus. And I don't, um, I don't look at those moments and say, God, that wasn't you. I don't look at those moments and say, you know, well, um, you know, I just, I should feel, I should be better about myself. Like, I don't look at those moments and think that they weren't the Lord. Those moments were very much God saying, Rochelle, I have more for you. And you're looking at your life with temporary eyes. And I want you to see where I'm taking you. And so there are times in our lives where we might feel corrected And we tend to look down on those times, but God is faithful in those moments too. He's faithful in those moments to bring correction and direction of perspective. I want to read Mary's perspective. This is it's called Mary's Song of Praise. Now I tell you again, if this were me, I don't know if I would respond the way that Mary responded, but I do believe it's what God is asking of us, especially in this time, in this day. He's asking of us to believe him, believe his word. So this is her response. I'm going to start in verse 47. It says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he has made his promises to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Now I want you to remember at the beginning of this, I read that scripture in Luke. And it said there's going to be enmity between Eve, you, and the enemy. And he will bruise your head and you will um, bite his ankle or something like that. Something about the ankle. It's fine. The point of the enmity that's, that God had put in Satan against Eve was because of what Eve, of what was going to come out of future generations. Because Mary would birth Jesus, and Jesus would crush the enemy for all people. And so I'm telling you this morning. 
There is a rich history in our Christian faith of the faithfulness of God. And I believe there's a rich history of faith in you as you're sitting here this morning. And God is calling you to say, believe in the richness of what I've put inside of you because you are and you will be a testimony of my faithfulness to all generations. We have an opportunity this morning, saints, to believe the lie or to believe the truth. I can believe that God is somehow withholding. I can believe that God is somehow untrue because of what I see with my physical eyes, or I can choose to believe in his faithfulness. I can choose to believe his promises. I can choose to believe his word. I have a choice, church. We have a choice, church. And we can either walk like Eve, where she allowed herself to be deceived and lied to and and become victim to her circumstance, or I can walk like Mary and say, I'm not a victim, victim to my circumstance but I'm going to allow whatever circumstances come to push me into the promises that God has for me. Can you stand with me, church, and can we close in a time of worship? I believe with my whole heart that what God has for each one of us is good and pure and holy and rich then I believe with my whole heart that he is faithful. And I will choose, I will choose to have eyes that see eternal, heavenly substance and not the fading of this world's circumstances. Can we lift our hands in worship for just a minute as we close?
this morning, this afternoon, and you feel like, God, I have not really surrendered all of these things to you. I've not really chosen your voice over the lies, and I need somebody to help me drown out the noise. I need to pray and just silence the words, the lies that are coming at me. just encourage you this morning, if that's you or if you need prayer for something else, I just encourage you find one of our prayer team people up here. They're going to be available to pray with you, believe with you. I mean, know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still healing. He's still setting captives free. He's still saving. And he is here to meet every need this morning. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.